Welcome to the Pool House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pool House Podcast. How are you doing? I am Jake, here with my co-host Andy. How are you doing today, mate? Yes, very well, mate. Thank you. Um, all good. How about yourself? I am good. I'm very happy because I've finished that song that I've been going on about and it's going to master tomorrow. Finally. Oh, what, what a feeling. What it a is. feeling. It is a great feeling. Uh, it's, it's the feeling I chase. It's that closing of a door and then the excitement of opening another one and having weeks and weeks and weeks of pursuing to get to that feeling again. Well, I look, I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. Thanks for your help with it um that's okay i think i've got it to where i finally wanted it to be which is you know a challenge but yeah very happy with it we have a very interesting chat for you this week which we did a couple of weeks ago um yeah looking forward to sharing this one yeah no i thought it was um yeah it's really good the way frank spoke and explained things i mean i felt there's a lot of things he said that i resonated with and a lot of things he said that i found quite inspiring at the same time as I because I could sort of he said things that like I say that I I sort of do as well and he's sort of at a different stage but it makes you feel like oh right yeah like maybe I am doing the right things blah 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 so yeah there's a lot in there that I think will bring a lot of value to a lot of people so I mean how did you find it yeah I loved it I mean it was it was a long one for sure but there's so many good things in there we went through a lot of different stuff like we go back quite a long way and and it's always great when you've got people who are like-minded but sort of on their own path we do a lot of things similar but also differently and i'm hoping that this will actually encourage me and him to meet up and maybe see what happens uh i don't know if you can hear my dog but i can yeah <laughs> she's just seen a cat uh, i'm gonna shut the door probably still can hear about our um, has made absolutely no difference. Love it. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, that cat is really antagonizing. <laughs> she hates cats. Like, really hates cats. It's in her blood, man. You know I know. I mean? Exactly. Right. Yeah, so it's a cheeky tactic with this podcast that hopefully <laughs> I can utilize and, yeah, connect with people which just haven't really, for whatever reason, yeah, just haven't put ourselves in the situation to make music together. So... Yeah, I think it will happen. Maybe this has just, yeah, helped speed that process up. What about yourself in terms of music? It's been a few weeks and uh, I know it's been, yeah, life has been, let's say, <laughs> it's been dominating. Yeah, so I've kind of had, uh, yeah, a week away from doing bits and pieces. I think I'm just going to commit one of the songs to master maybe maybe friday as well i mean if that's the day we're doing it let's do it friday it's the only uh, <laughs> way to just say to yourself this is done otherwise you can keep going forever yeah no quite right and i've changed car as well so like the the reference listening in a car has changed to a different car so that can I'm be kind tricky of, kind of all over the shop with it but I think it sounds good. I was going to send three at once, but I think I'm just going to send one, get it done. And I also have another song coming out Friday called Scary Happy Things. So yeah, all go, even though, yeah, I've had a, a, a week of not doing a lot. 
I've come back and there's uh, a lot to get on with. But that's the advantage of getting ahead of the game and getting those songs done and in the can. You shouldn't feel guilty when, you know, you've got other things to focus on, which are arguably, well, not arguably, which are more important. (laughs) Uh, So, and and that's what it gives you. So when those times come and life throws curveballs at you, you, you come back and you're like, oh, I've still got this going on. You should be able to just kick back into it after hopefully giving yourself some sort of inspiration to pull from in in some sort of way yeah i mean i've got all sorts happening i've got finished songs i've got songs that are just started i've got new records to uh listen to and try and nick little bits out of we've got walkthrough videos to do there's loads to do so exactly it's always good to come back and have a big pool of things to uh to have a crack at yeah so just finally uh, i don't want to go in too deep on this but i find when i even just make the contact being like this is going to master emailing i'm about to pay money for this to be mastered suddenly my brain switches and it's like even the decisions i'm making change the way i'm listening changes because i know i'm against the clock then yeah it's it's almost like i need to do that sooner yeah yeah, it's the best thing i can do to just be like enough is enough but yeah, and I've got there and I'm just excited about getting the next one out and getting it done. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with the way you're sort of implementing it. Cool. All right. Well, let's not blabber on too much. We've got a long episode for you today. Enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. This week, we spoke to Frank Colucci. He's a producer, songwriter, drummer, and artist from London. He has worked with the likes of Seagulls, Eleni Drake, Dan Kaplan, Rose Gray, and Tender. And he also used to play drums in the band Viva Brother. We go into depth about how he produces for artists and how his role can change depending on the dynamic. We also talk about burnout, how streaming has changed the way artists write. We learn how he uses modular synth, NFTs, and what inspired his artist project, Modern Modern Life. Without further ado, Let's get into it. Stay good. Hello, mate. Hello. Yo. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Sweet. I think I've passed the technical test. Oh, look at the angle you've gone for. I love it. I just, I can't put it here where it needs to be because the screen, (laughs) otherwise it would be like way up high. Oh, this is beautiful. I just kind of tuck it off there. Yeah. And plus it hides all the mess that's over here. So, (laughs) hey, Andy. Hello, mate. How are um, you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, mate. I'm pretty good. Um, the 2022 is rolling. It's rolling through fast already. How was January for you? Was it a slow start or did you get, you know? Yeah, I kind of like, I don't know, I didn't rush back into work, into doing sessions. I I felt a bit burnt out, honestly, towards the end of last year. Just had been working on so much stuff and like, constantly just having to output creativity so over christmas i like didn't touch an instrument barely even listened to any music for like three weeks and it felt good honestly to just like put my mind into other things come back this year like was slightly later starting back i had a lot of my friends that sort of do similar work were already back at sessions like first week (laughs) of january like getting that bread straight away (laughs) um and I was just, you know, I, I took an extra week or so before I even got back into it. And I'm glad because, yeah, even still, it took me some time to, like, get rolling again just because, I don't know, just you can't force it, man. And it's like when it doesn't come, it doesn't come. And 
you have to just sort of be kind to yourself, I guess, and say, well, this is what's happening now and it'll be we'll be back up and running soon. But this week's been really good and been having a lot of fun making music, so all good. Yeah, like, I mean, I did the mistake of, yeah, January, New Year, let's get back into it. And I, I think I was still a bit burnt out and I'm not very good at, like, being aware of when I'm burnt out and that's something mm-hmm, I need mm-hmm. to learn for sure because yeah you just end up sitting in a room just being like my brain is mush like I don't even know what I want to create it's yeah. just you know it's interesting like obviously I do a lot of collaboration like mm. most of my work now is producing songwriting with other people so it can be like a huge spark of inspiration when you get someone that's got something to write about someone that's really inspired but like I was I was joking about this with my friend Fred today like fingers crossed that someone who comes through to like record here or like I'm going to a session has been through like a breakup or something recently <laughs> because people have people haven't been traveling people haven't been like yeah, going true. to as many parties people haven't been like having those meaningful social interactions as much as we're used to in the past I think everyone's a bit searching for that inspiration like they've kind of maybe lost that source of it for me massively it's just life events is yeah. the source of my inspiration but if there's less life events then <laughs> there's less inspiration so yeah. i think yeah. everyone's feeling that what does like a normal session look like for you is it like start the day off have a chat see what someone's going through or is it like people bringing full songs or they bring ideas or you just how's it work for you it's it's different every day and it's mm-hmm. like I kind of had to learn to get used to that. I, I mean it suits my creative process in a way because I don't really have a method like mm-hmm. even when I create for myself or if I have someone that I'm working with says oh I don't know we could do whatever there's not really like a go-to thing that I have to like get the ball rolling which maybe I should there's probably been times where like I feel like I could use that I'm like scratching my head when the possibilities are infinite it's that's when it's the hardest yeah when someone comes to me and says like oh I want to make a garage tune or like I want to make a tune that kind of feels like this song I was listening to on the way here then it's really easy because it's like great okay all we have to do is our interpretation of that it's never going to sound like that because I'm making it and you're making it and we're different to the person that made that it's actually the most difficult when all the doors are open and you can just do anything. So it's great when someone's like, I've got this idea that I started or even this just one line that could be the title of a song. Like already, if the song is called like, I hate my ex-boyfriend or something, <laughs> then, you know, you'd already know like emotionally where this is maybe going to be steering. But... Yeah, it's just got to be water, man. Just, just, <laughs> just whatever, uh, whatever comes up in front of you, you kind of have to just let it turn into a song if it wants to. And if it doesn't, then you have to also... I've also had to, over the last few years, like really learn to accept those times when you get to the end of the day and maybe you've just got like a cool loop at best or something, yeah. you know? And for so long, I would feel really hard on myself would be like oh I failed I'm a shit producer like I couldn't even get a song out we had we were here for eight hours and like nothing happened but you can't demand creativity like that's the one thing I've learned first and foremost firsthand time and time again it's like sometimes it's just not flowing and it's like they say you have to turn up to allow it to start happening yeah so you're there you sit down you're at the piano you're at your computer whatever got the right intentions to make it happen I don't know. They say they say you're like a radio receiver, aren't you? You have to just be on 
and then mm. just see mm-hmm. what signals come through. And the gold is not always coming through. Well, I think there's, there's also like, I think the industry has gone, you're almost expected to have a song at the end of the day now. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear people like, yeah, we wrote four songs in a day. You know, almost to the point where it's just like, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. Like, I did a song that day. Well, this, this is exactly it, mate. Like, I don't want to criticise the industry as a whole, but there's a bit of a mismatch between, like, the culture of sessions, like, you know, five sessions a week, working with five different yeah. people, different producers, whatever, get a song out at the end of the day. You know, a friend once said... If you've got nothing to write about, a song's not worth it. I think about that a lot because I have found myself in scenarios where it feels like we're making a song because we're here to make a song. Yeah, yeah. But but there's no, like, real deep attachment, deep meaning to what we're creating. And I've seen it enough times to know that it's actually not worth doing it because no music ever got released that someone didn't feel emotionally attached to. They were just like, oh, it's just a song that we made that day. That's never happened. All the good songs, doesn't matter if the mix is rubbish, if it's recorded badly, if there's something about that song that the artists or whoever was involved feels really attached to and feels like it's a true representation of their self-expression, then it's valuable. And that's the sort of... That's what I'm interested in capturing and trying to create and create with other people. And when you start to sense that it's not becoming that, you have to just kind of like... What do you tend to do in those situations then if you're in a session and you're just like, you can feel that energy? Do you just say, should we try something else? Or do you just have a chat? Like, what do you tend to do? Um, So my friend Owen is actually... Owen Cuts, his name is. He's a wicked producer, like learned a lot from him in the times that we worked together but like yeah he's not afraid to just call it on an idea and you know there's plenty of polite ways that you can say it like oh you know maybe like the juices run out on this one a bit let's just park it for now maybe we try something else maybe we look at something else <laughs> so or like, many yeah. little phrases so yeah, many little yeah. phrases you know <laughs> but they're all like safe words you know just yeah. to say <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah just like because He's a good judge of character. Like I like to think I can read the room enough to a point where I can sense that they're not hyped on an idea because we all know what that feeling is like when you're onto an idea and everyone's gassed about it. It's suddenly mm-hmm. easy though, isn't it? That's why we do it. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're always looking for. That's why we do this because that feeling of when you're like so hyped an idea and you can get into that what true creativity is and... You know, they say creativity is a spiritual endeavor. And it's like, whether you have any thoughts on spirituality or not, when you're truly engrossed in writing something, creating something, and you're enjoying it, you're not thinking about that bill that you have to pay or that argument Mm -hmm. you had with someone that you, you know, saw recently, or even like your entire sense of self dissolved, it disappears. It's very mindful, isn't it? Like that's all the mindfulness thing. Yeah. That state is so comforting so like blissful to everyone there's plenty of other ways to access it like you talk about it with sports people in the flow state but it's just you are so engrossed on what is happening that you almost literally become what is happening Mm. we have regular access to that all the time with creativity and it's so good i think that's why it's so frustrating when you're doing all the same things but you're not getting there yeah and it's i personally haven't worked out what is the difference between getting there and not getting there yet so i don't know i, think oh, I, I don't, don't know i don't think there possible. is an answer yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i think we'd, we'd be very rich if we could solve that problem if we could rewind a little bit frank to me you are a drummer at heart sure so i, I just wanted to 
ask you where it, where it went from. Well, let's take it right back. <laughs> go on then. <laughs> How far back do we want to go? Well, I wasn't. I wasn't going to go that far. But I wasn't going to age us. Don't get. Don't get. <laughs> do we want to go like um, Nag's head? <laughs> far back. Do we want to go that far back? I want to go before. <laughs> Go on, Andy, get your question out. No, I was, I was literally just going to say, at what point did it start transitioning for you? Like, was there a point where you sort of got a laptop, realised you liked producing, you could make all these sounds, and then from that point, when did it get to working with other people, making your own stuff? So what was that process like from maybe being in the band to sort of getting to sort of where you are now? Sure. I can answer that with a pretty clear moment, actually. So. Oh, cool. You know, I, I've been musical since I was a kid. First, I learned the piano a bit, and then I picked up drums when I was like 11. Uh, and in my early teens, I can remember having, I had an old PC and I had a, I don't know even where I got it. I had a friend that was like a few years older than me. He was assistant at recording studios into, you know, he taught me a bit about basically multi-track recording. I had a cracked version of Cubase. I always made just random music for myself, like with no intention like I never really thought about being an artist or anything I just enjoyed recording music like just writing little ideas and recording it and I would record myself playing drums for the sake of like listening back and you know listening to what I was playing and recording ideas and whatever and then as I got into being in bands I realized that I could record and I was always the one to sort of record the crappy demos I would like take Uh, a a, a couple of mics to the rehearsal and just record that or we'd do some like record some demos before we went in to like actually record them at a proper studio but it was honestly not until when I was in the band Brother and we got signed and we recorded our album with Stephen Street we spent like three weeks at a studio in Banbury with him and even still before we went into the recording and it was like oh Stephen Street's gonna record your album like I still didn't really understand what a producer does like, I didn't know, like, you hear about producers and, like, yeah, didn't yeah, really totally. realise. And then it was only over that three-week period I had this, like, light bulb moment. I was like, that's a sick job. That is what <laughs> I want to be doing. Because you get to kind of be involved with everything. And it's like, it's just, I don't know, like his process was really, his process was actually very different to, like, what mine is. And I think what I saw is that he just worked very much in the way that, suits him as a person and he just has great taste also so he does his thing and at the end of the process whatever that process is there's a good recording there you know there's a good sounding song and he was involved in all the little decisions that add up to make a big difference basically and it was after that I then became aware of like okay so now I sort of understand what the producer's role is moving forward from that point There wasn't too much more in Brother. Like, we actually made a second record and our friend Ali was, like, mainly producing on that. And everyone kind of, like, would throw their few cents in, but he took control of that. But when we started that next project called Love Life, me and Ali, like, very much just produced and mixed and did all the engineering, all the recording for it. And that is... I feel like I really spent those years just sort of learning what it is, programming drums using MIDI interfaces, learning about synths, learning about guitars, learning about, like, everything that goes into it. Because producer now is, like, you have to be able to do everything. 
I ha- I play guitar a bit now. I play bass a bit now just because I have to. When you're mm. in a songwriting with someone's session, they're like, oh, it'd be great to have guitar on this. And it's like, well, I can record one chord at a time, even if I'm like <laughs> looking up what a G minor shape is. And then like, like I'm a rubbish guitarist, but I'm like a pretty good engineer. So I can, I can yeah. splice together the part. Like if I have to, it might just take longer. I think there's a great lesson in that because... I think a lot of people that make music now, those who can just like, you know, not pretend they're the best at everything, but they just know how to manipulate things to make something work. Like you say, you have to be able to do everything and you don't have to sit there pretending like you know every guitar chord and you can shred the bass. (laughs) You know, they don't care. They just want to get a cool song out the end of it. Maybe those years of going from doing the Love Life stuff and having Ali there is just someone who's like, obviously a mate someone you respect but also making you go we can pretty much do anything if we just figure it out totally and we were it felt very much like we were just kids like working it out we were using all like cracked software at the time because nobody had any money to buy anything and like stuff crashing all the time and having to just like just like the worst (laughs) man and like the only difference between me and any young artist that maybe doesn't really understand is that I know how to use the tools quickly now to try and create what it is that I'm imagining. That's Mm -hmm. why I say now more than ever, everyone's a producer. You just have to learn to use the tools to, you know, actualize your ideas. Because that's all it is, is like knowing what you think you want to hear and then making that reality. And I encourage everyone to just like, you know, GarageBand is free and you can make amazing music with just GarageBand. If you have the idea, then you just need the tool to actually put it down into something that exists that you can play out the speakers. And uh, you're a producer. That's it. It's just a speed thing, really. If I know that there's a problem that I'm hearing or there's something that I want to create, I've got the experience to know, well, this is probably the fastest way to solve that problem or to get to that thing that I'm trying to hear. Whereas someone without as much of that Mm -hmm. sort of knowledge might just have to just randomly twist knobs a bit more until they get that result that they're looking for. But there's no like fundamental difference other than just understanding the tools, I think. Do you find that more artists now, is that just expected of people to be demoing and having a little bit of an understanding or is it, do you still work with people who just come in with lyrics i hate my ex-boyfriend and then you just (laughs) that's That's all you've got um is everyone doing that now honestly no like still still no and and i try to maybe just through my experience of like other friends and other producers i've never sort of encountered or been part of the whole producers that are like won't share their secrets or like no you can't yeah like i don't want to give you my drum samples because you might make like a better (laughs) song or something you know i've I've always been very much just about like sharing the knowledge and like sharing sounds and like no secrets because I guess the gold is in what you do with it. It's not like having the sample. Well, yeah, or everyone's got access know. to paint, but yeah. not everyone can paint a uh, Picasso. Can they? There you go. So. Perfect. Everyone's got access to splice yeah. as well, and everyone's using the same stuff. No, yeah. yeah. it doesn't individual matter. Individual samples. No one else has got those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like it varies massively. Like there's a bunch of people that I work with who are very proficient, if not more proficient than I am. You know, at using DAWs and sequencing and creating music but maybe they're just looking for 
another brain to bounce ideas around off of. And it's in those scenarios where I don't have to be like the computer-facing guy, I actually love it because it's just so fun to not have to like deal with all the technical mm. stuff, you know, editing and fading and all that stuff. So, yeah, I didn't, so... I didn't think of that, actually. So there is the guy normally in a session then that is facing the computer, dealing with the problems and, and painting. And then there is normally mm-hmm. somebody else that is, what, just more the sort of, I don't know, just the ideas person or something? It depends. It's like there's, there's a variety of people that I work with. I think three is the magic number for a lot of the sessions I do. There'll be me being the producer, kind of ideas, songwriter, sounds guy. There'll be the artist. And then it always just helps to have another person in the room, whether they're strictly just like a top liner. Maybe they're also another producer. Maybe they just kind of are a bit of everything guy like, myself like I wouldn't necessarily say oh I'm a producer only I'm I'm a beat maker or whatever I've been to plenty of sessions just as the non-computer guy just to sort of help write the song and like I'm not much of a singer but I love writing melodies I'm not much of a lyricist but I love words like the importance of words Mm. is a big thing for me and I think that I'm very good at sort of shaping things that already exist rounding the corners or like helping things fit like oh maybe you could say it like this instead of like that because it sings better or it sounds cooler or you know it has the right number of syllables to match with i don't know Mm -hmm. well that that's that's the true meaning of producing what you're doing there so maybe actually like your your strengths will lean that way going forward more like not saying you can't do the technical stuff but also if you enjoy yeah. You know, maybe you're the next Rick Rubin, man. It's, <laughs> that's the name I was trying to think of. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Get in the studio now with this man. Yeah. Keep growing that beard. Oh, you're, you man. Know. No, I'm not sure you'll go that grey, though, to be honest. It's, it's, the most, it's the most fun days is when you don't have to deal with the computer because it's just, you're just dealing with ideas and not like crossfades and edits and, you know, stuff like that. It is a, I love the process of, going from nothing to something. And I've said this so many times, I can't wait for the day. This is a bit of a scary thought for many other reasons, but when you can just link the computer to your brain and you just have, you just have to think <laughs> what you want to happen on the screen and it, can, and it just happens like that because I'm not the fastest at like chopping that bit and that needs to happen again and we need to fade the end of that and this stuff. And it's like that kind of really frustrates me that I have to do those things because I don't want all these clicks and pops in my recording and stuff. And it's like... I'm pretty quick at that. Yeah. So maybe uh, I should be doing that job for you. Mate, well, what, <laughs> I'd love to, for us to be able to work together on some I stuff. I know, we've spoken about it a few times. We have to, but... mate. The, um, I loved listening to... I've listened to it a lot, the um, Boy Bleach, they are called now, because they were called Paperboy yeah, when I first heard they it. they were. Yeah, and were. I think there's some, some amazing pop music that you've done with with max there i think it's really great stuff thank you very much yeah they've been really fun and uh those have been quite new dynamics for me because sometimes in those sessions i I mean i'm normally the computer guy Mm -hmm. but i've had to learn to just take a different dynamic and if there's not much needing for me to do Mm -hmm. just be the overseeing guy yeah yeah yeah. because those guys are quite hands-on with the way they write and but yeah, it's it's interesting. As we all are, we're you know you get put in different scenarios and you just got to learn. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of that has been, you know, you get the fear, oh, I'm not giving enough. I never want to be one of those people who just puts their two cents in, but you've got to be confident that the room respects you enough to sit there and just not do if you don't need to do. Yeah, totally. I do a lot of working with people for the first time, you know. Mm. I'm lucky to have um, management that kind of has their ear to the ground about like new artists that are just, you know, they're being managed by someone that they know who's a friend or they've maybe just signed to like a label that they're close with the A&Rs or whatever. So I get quite a lot of opportunities to work with new, you know, young artists. And there's definitely a learning, you know, like a getting comfortable with... Sometimes I've experienced it, you know, you just meet someone and they're just totally open to just experiment and just have a good time making music. And we've made an amazing song on the first day. Sometimes it's really slow and it's like the first day is more just getting to know each other and because mm. you can't make music if you don't feel comfortable. You can't be creative no. if you don't feel comfortable. And it's like not everyone finds it that easy just to open up to someone they've just met for the first time. Like I of course. used to find it a lot more difficult. It's something I had to practice at. I like to think that I can be pretty open and try and just make a space where people can just feel relaxed and there's no judgment here. We're just here to experiment, just try out some songs. Like, I try and be the one to sort of intentionally say something a bit silly just to sort of be the one who suggested the worst thing to make them yeah. maybe feel, <laughs> yeah. More, yeah. feel more comfortable if, it, if, that's, <laughs> if that's what it takes. But, like, yeah. everyone is different, man. And it's, like, it's really interesting to me seeing how different people are. Everyone's approach to music is... It's so different. It's not always easy to read. Like I've been in sessions where, you know, we've maybe got an idea going and I'll maybe get lost just sort of making the track a little bit and kind of remember where I am and think, oh shit, okay, I, I, I've zoned out. I need to just check in. <laughs> and I'll talk to whoever I'm with and maybe they'll just say, like, oh yeah, I've, I've got a little idea. Like, do you want to hear it? And I'm like, sure. Get them on the mic and it's like, whoa. You know, some <laughs> some people are just able to just create in their head and just know what they're trying to do. Some people are just like belting out melodies and lyrics like all over the, <laughs> whilst, you're in the whilst they're in the room, all over the place, which which I also love because then it gives yeah. then it gives you an opportunity to say, "Oh, that was cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's really great when you did that. Like that feels like a pre-chorus or whatever." And then this kind of conversation begins, and you start to sort of get a picture of maybe where their mind's at, where they're heading with song ideas, because I never want to be the first person to say like, oh, why don't we write about this? Or why don't we sing this melody? Because it's not my song. Nah. I just want to help them make their song. So if they sort of start heading down a path, then it's easy for me to kind of help the train keep going in that direction rather than have to like decide where we're going in the first place. Is that a skill that came, because obviously you, you learned your craft technically or whatever but the the people reading and the the reading of the room it's quite a skill to have i mean are you are you still learning that did it come easy oh man i'm definitely still learning it honestly i would say that it's like 90% that and 10% pressing r at the right time like <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> this sounds easy i mean that's can we not, all do this <laughs> that's just that's like and, and it's it's weird because such a small percentage of it do I actually feel like my head is at like making music okay oh now I'm actually at the piano like okay shit I need to make some chords what key are we in like okay <laughs> right I'm I'm 
I'm doing music. But like the rest of the time, it's kind of maybe working out where they're at, like what we're writing about. Does this part have the right kind of meaning to you? Or is it, are we just writing words in a row for the sake of having a song? That's interesting though. It is interesting. I, I, it's weird because everything in my life has revolved around music since I was young. And I mean, I always felt very lucky that I felt very sure from a young age that I just want to be involved with music. And for a very long time, it was playing the drums. It still is. Occasionally, there's a couple things that I am involved with. And I might do a short tour next month, but the dates keep moving. And like, we'll see. Fingers crossed for that, because it'd be nice to just like play with other musicians again. But I don't know. I never really sort of pushed hard in one direction. I was just like, as long as I'm involved in music, I'm having a good time. And any opportunity that came, I would say yes to it. I didn't ever really think like, oh, I'm going to be a producer now. It was just like, I was in the band, the last band I was in, I was in Love Life. This was like, what, 2012 to 2015 kind of time. And then that kind of came to its natural end. I moved back to London and we had done a very little publishing deal with Love Life. And I met the guy from the UK office because we signed this deal in America and just chatted with him for a bit. And he was like, well, I could sort of link you up with a couple of uh, other artists that I know and stuff. And maybe you could just like make some music together. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like not, again, not really kind of knowing what I was doing. Or what that meant. What that even meant. Like Like, I was just looking to just collaborate for fun. And then first session I did that he put me in with this guy called Sam Shaw, who's still a friend, amazing songwriter. The first session I did with him was a song that he ended up then putting out. And I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. You know, we just make a song together and then people are just releasing it. And it's, uh, I mean, it doesn't always go that way, but um, (laughs) it just kind of happened. I guess it just kind of happened without me realizing. And then I was, you know, it's something I started doing more and more. And five years later or whatever, I'm just like, oh, this is still happening. I'm still having fun doing it. So who knows? Maybe it'll change again. Like I'm not saying that this is, I've found my calling necessarily, but I've always thought as long as there's music involved, I'm having a good time. I'm happy. That's the only goal. That's really cool. I mean, I could learn a bit more from that. It's just like, I think you're working on more of like just living (laughs) and as in living the want of being around your passion rather than getting too fixated on I see myself as this and I see myself as that which defines you you're just like just trying to enjoy it as much as you can with whatever you're doing maybe you'll start playing drums more and you'll do that for a year and you'll come back and maybe you'll do more I don't know modern modern life stuff at a different time or maybe you do something else totally I think I mean I wouldn't even close the door and say it strictly has to be music. I don't know, I was always yeah. I was always very lucky. I think, you know, my parents always just said, if you enjoy what you're doing, then just keep doing that. They always allowed me to sort of follow what it was that I wanted to do, as long as it was a positive thing, I guess, you know. But music has always just captured my attention and my, you know, my love. So, so far, I'll just keep doing that. Just a quick break to let you know if you're looking for some free stems sample packs production, production breakdowns, breakdowns you can find some over at poolhouse.com now back to the episode 
I was listening to your um, one of your other episodes, the one where you guys were talking about issues that we've all encountered with, like feeling a bit unproductive or feeling a bit sort of like coming up against that wall, that creative wall that mm. everybody hits from time to time. Just shortly uh, before I listened to that, I was listening to another podcast. I can't remember the name of the person that was speaking now, but there's an amazing quote in relation to like, this exact issue, this kind of creative wall that you hit. And he said, when you come up against that, it's just time to work differently. You have to work differently now. And that might mean not being in front of the computer. That might mean going out with your mates. That might mean going for a walk. That might mean going for a swim. It might mean any other thing because just because you're not there doing your music it doesn't mean that what you're doing can't still contribute to it because you need to go away and you need to have these experiences that then you can then refocus back into that thing so it it shouldn't feel like a failure to have to say okay i'm going to walk away from this for the rest of the day or the rest of the month or even the rest mm -hmm. of the year. I don't know if you want to look at yeah. it in a long-term thing, but yeah, yeah, it can still serve what it is that is the ultimate thing that you're trying to do if you can give yourself that like zoomed-out perspective. We call it the uh, musical guilt, where you yeah. feel like yeah. you... Like, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like you're in a relationship with... Well, you are in a relationship with music, I suppose, but you feel like, oh, if I'm not doing music, why... But I should be doing... Like, what you've just said is so valuable that it really hit me that it's time yeah. to work differently now so it's not it's, you don't have to, yeah, you don't have really to sit like there that. and slog it out you yeah. can go and do something else that will then help you maybe get past the thing you were trying to slog past which is because i don't know if you've ever experienced it but like the best ideas come when you're not thinking about it you'll twist the screw all day trying to think of a lyric or something and then it'll just come to you when you're in the shower and you're not thinking about it you know always in the shower yeah, yeah. i love oh mate the shower <laughs> Start taking more showers <laughs> They, yeah, there's scientific evidence about, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like all the things which, so showering's like you're doing something. So it, it allows the brain to like drop its front barrier mm -hmm. and actually get into subconscious, whether it's swimming, walking, like exercise is normally a good one. <laughs> I did not expect yeah. you to come out with that scientific <laughs> fact. <laughs> but no, it's got, I heard it on another podcast as well. No, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or it's like... Or it's like washing up or anything like that where you're it's you're doing like a motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it drops like this barrier and you just I, I notice it all the time, like if I'm doing like the washing up, I, my brain just goes elsewhere because it's like second nature just to wash dishes, it's kind of therapeutic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But we're not able to like sit down in front of a computer and just tap into that for some reason. Yeah. Take just, your computer to the kitchen <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe maybe that's the answer i do a lot of voice noting things like when i'm not at the computer and like something will come to me whether it's just like a word or a melody or even rhythms often happen i'm like you know oh that's a cool rhythm i want to start a song based on that and i'll just sort of tap it into my voice notes or like even just sort of beatbox it for lack of <laughs> yeah, a better yeah. word like i'm <laughs> what's your like recall like when you hear them back do they translate because i i struggle with hearing them back and being like that's definitely not what was in my head <laughs> um, definitely yeah there's some misses for sure but i feel like if it's good enough to make me want to like pull my phone out and then try and voice note it walking down the street or something yeah i'm probably still thinking about it by the time i've gotten back to my computer or whatever and the voice note's just there to like reference but it's kind of maybe already still floating around 
in the dome. Um, Valid. But, I mean, you've got to hold on to those things when they come because I've missed enough of them and then regret, regretted not recording it because you're like, oh, I swear I was singing a great melody earlier. Or <laughs> and then it just doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Let's, let's move on to... I want to talk about Modern Modern Life quickly. Oh, yeah. If that's cool. Sure. Firstly, I love it. Mate, um, thank you. And, and I just love how... I mean, I want to ask, like, how did you land on deciding you wanted to create that kind of music? I mean, you use a lot of modular synth, right? Fair, Is that correct? Yeah, I would say, like, it's more so in the, in the music that I've been making for what will be a future release, like my next release. Okay. The first, you know, modular, the modular stuff, which you can sort of see some of it yeah. here. It's kind of a hobby that came over lockdown, over 2020. Like mm-hmm. I had a couple little bits and then just sort of, it's a very deep hole because it's a very easy way to buy gear because it's not like you have to shell out two grand on a synth that all at once, you know. It's like, oh, look, 100 pounds here and then you get a next little <laughs> bit and it like slowly, yeah, it slowly builds up every time. Like it's kind of like guitar pedals or something. Yeah, yeah. Could you briefly just explain what it is? So, yeah, I guess... It's kind of whatever you want it to be in the sense that if you think about all the elements in a synthesizer, you've got an oscillator, you've got a filter to, you know, shape the sound, mm-hmm. you've got an envelope that controls the sort of shape of the sound. But modular, I guess, is each of these elements you can buy a variety of different kinds individually. So you can buy uh, okay. just an oscillator, you can buy just a filter, you can buy just an envelope. Plus, there's so many companies making like all sorts of way more advanced and modern and technical things like things for recording and pitching and chopping up audio and things for uh, creating like glitches in audio and like quality degradation. Just basically like anything you can imagine. And then you get them all to talk to each other by sending voltage basically from one source to another with all the cables, all the spaghetti. And um, it's just a very... It's a very fun way to make music without having to look at a computer, have a computer involved because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have an element that's a sequencer, then you have an element that is an oscillator and an element that's an envelope. So you're making an arpeggio that's being sequenced, that's playing that oscillator, and it's all just happening. So it's quite hands-on, really, if you know It's very hands-on, and it's like every time you kind of approach it and you sort of build up a new patch from scratch, you're essentially designing the instrument that you want to use like i've got kind of a variety of things so when i go to it do i want to make some drums do i want to make like a little glitchy electric drum beat do i want to make a bass line do i want to make a lead line i have you know with with what is a fairly small kind of amount of things you can do more with that than any other like singular instrument i think and i've just found it a really kind of inspiring and interesting way to make sounds and I imagine it as being quite childlike. You, you know, they're like all coloured cables. It's kind of like playing with Lego. Plug You're it just in. like building just, something. It is, you know? and it's like, it's very surreal also because there's a lot of just like generative element to it where it's just like the machine is just doing its thing. Like there's a lot of randomness involved that I think it suits the producer's mind because it's, it's very much just about identifying what sounds good and keeping that. Because there's a lot of stuff that does not sound good. Are you recording it all out into like your DAW and then you sort of pick out 
bits and pieces from there? So sometimes, yes. I mean, sometimes I've got lost for an hour just like making a sound and then realised oh, I should have been recording all of that because there's definitely some good stuff and just Ugh. got nothing. But it's also not time wasted because then I've just like just disappeared for an hour, just like lost in kind of making some sounds. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's still time well spent. But I've now also got it so I can sort of tempo sync it to my JW so I can make arpeggios or I can make parts and have it running in time with whatever I'm working on and sort of, you know, tweak the sound to fit and then just hit record and, like, get the stuff that I want. And is that sort of like to the sort of creative process for modern, modern life? Um, yeah. Because you're creating such sort of almost atmospheric and sort of vibes, it's sort of very good at sort of conjuring up images and, and feelings. Where do you start with that? Like, are you creating that vibe and that feeling for yourself in the room and then you sort mm -hmm. of translate it into, or, or collate it into a track? Or mm -hmm. where does it come from? Where does it start? Because you're making something that is so, well, it's not, I guess not as obvious as I Hate My Ex-Boyfriend's song. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's a soundscape that you're creating there. And I'm just interested to know where and how does it start? It's, it's a tricky one. The... Um... A lot of the songs on that first release were like, it was kind of born out of lockdown of 2020. You know, every, everyone's on their own, no one's doing sessions, nothing's going on. And I've just had all this time to kind of like go through all old songs I'd done with people, old like half-cooked ideas of mine. And just digging through, I'd found so much good stuff, even if it was just like a line or something from a song that I was like, oh, that song was not great, but that one line was like a really great hook or whatever. Mm -hmm. And most of those songs are like recycled old ideas that I thought it's such a shame that we put all this effort into making this and it's kind of like didn't quite hit the mark maybe in the way that we wanted, but I was like convinced that there's still some life or like something good to be had. So I started just taking little single lines, just a hook, just a chorus, whatever, and then finding a way to kind of you know, pitch a vocal down, it immediately sounds like 20% yeah. cooler. It just has a vibe to it. And it's like, I feel like a lot of the modern, modern life stuff is just kind of inspired by, it's very inspired by being in London at night, which is kind of like when I... Yeah, I totally get that. Totally yeah. what I get when I listen to it. And like, sure. that's my most creative time, I think, like... 8 p.m. to like 2 a.m. You know, all your stuff for the day is done and like friends and family are going to sleep and there's kind of like no one else to talk to. And it's like that's when like the real like deep creative stuff happens for me, especially during that period that all this stuff was made. Like I would go out for walks at night, like just after the sun went down, get that vibe of just like being around here in East. And I don't know, just take that feeling and sort of try and create that mood sonically Mm. then I would always sort That's of cool. listen to the demos whilst I went walking as well. And just like, does this feel right? Does this soundtrack like what I'm trying to get? If I if I go on like a night out or something, night out, you know, not that like... <laughs> going to, but it's funny because I don't really go to clubs necessarily. So it's like, yeah, I didn't want to make dance music, dance music for the club. It's kind of like dance music for those moody nights. Walking around. Walking around, I guess. Like <laughs> yeah. moody kind of yeah. nighttime music to sort of like vibe out to by yourself. Because like that's how it was made. It was just me being moody at night, vibing out by myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> in regards to that, when you're making this stuff, I mean, I'd imagine, I don't have a modular synth, but I can imagine it's a form of meditation, essentially. Like you just get lost 
Is it something which you find when you're playing around with those kind of moods and tones, like helps your mental health, just helps you disappear? You've mentioned it a few times. Definitely. Are you actually aware of that's why you do it? Or is it just a sort of... I, I feel like more than anything, I think I'm just inspired by sounds. You know, if it's not on the modular, if I get a new soft synth or a new, like, I don't know, my friend Joe got me really into Reactor recently, Native Instruments Reactor. And it's like, there's mm-hmm. so much you can do with it. There's so much stuff. And I've spent hours just like scrolling through, trying out different instruments within that and sort of making, saving the sounds that I like the best. That I think, oh, I could definitely come back and use that later. I feel all it takes is one cool sound to like inspire a whole mood and then inspire a whole song. So I'm very kind of concerned with finding the right sort of timbre, the right sort of sound that fits the mood of what is trying to be achieved. And I feel like with the modular, you can, it just offers you, like, not to like hate on the piano, because I think the piano is the best instrument of all. Like a well-played solo piano is probably the greatest thing you can listen to. But a piano will always sound like a piano, mm-hmm. for, for you know, pretty much. But yeah. I could make that sound like a piano or I could make like a dirty bass line or some like hard techno drums or like a beautiful ambient soundscape. So it's like kind of a one-stop shop for any sort of texture or atmosphere that you could ever want in a recording. And it's not necessarily a tool to write a song with, but when it comes to that element of adding that atmosphere and those textures and those like interesting sounds and Easter eggs to a production... It's been really, really valuable to me. Uh, I've really enjoyed exploring those things because it's something I always would look to do. You know, I'm always, maybe it was like a, I'd find some weird audio or like loads of plugins, delay and reverb and stuff. But it's just a nice way to be able to experiment with all that and not have to be facing the computer screen because we all spend way too much time doing that. Just out of interest, which DAW do you use? Um, most of the time I work in Logic. Nice. Welcome aboard. Yeah, it's my... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the one I've been familiar with for the longest and just so I'm the fastest at using it. When I'm working with other people, I feel like I'm already not the fastest engineer. So <laughs> whatever I can be quick with and like I've got my templates and my pre-saved channel strips and stuff, I'm good to go. Especially when it comes to like recording audio. I do use Ableton as well. Some of the modern modernized stuff was made in Ableton, but even with the update with Eleven, like I, I still don't want to record, like do a session and record loads of vocals in Ableton because comping is just not what it is in Logic. It's just so quick and easy, and I'm just so much more familiar with it. Um, and I can't comp in Logic. Like it's just drag. It's just drag. <laughs> I know, but it's just like because I'm so quick on Pro Tools with comping. Yeah. Basically, I generally, I create in Logic mm-hmm. and I record in Pro Tools yeah. because it's actually like the detail. Mm. With Logic, you're just always going to get like the odd artifact, which you can't like see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I find. But yeah, like I, I want to dip into Ableton. It's a, it's a mega powerful tool. Like it's really yeah. fun. Like the, the one thing when I got it, Again, it was something I decided to do over lockdown. I've got a lot of friends that work in Ableton. I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to use only Ableton for the next two weeks and like learn how I don't care how hard it is, how frustrating it is. I'm going to learn to do it. Within two days, I was like, 
pretty quick using it. They all do the same thing. It's just yeah. maybe that button's in a different place or there's a slightly different way of mm-hmm. doing this. But it just comes down to what you're fastest with. Because when you're trying to get that idea out, you want it to just be out as quick as possible. You don't want to get hung up looking how to un- how do I unmute. <laughs> un- Where's that un- button? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I do sure. think it looks the best, Ableton, though. The whole like... Oh, I agree, yeah. 100%, 100%. Do you ever find that this might be a bit i don't know do you think that you can hear a difference in the like summing in the like audio engine of the yeah you can i i think you can i i think logic definitely sounds like logic (laughs) and pro like i do and i've heard from other friends people say that ableton's like the most modern sounding i I haven't experienced that's so interesting i find all the tracks i'm making ableton are significantly just come out significantly brighter than the tracks mm. that i make in logic okay. like more high end yeah. less low end i don't know why it's like it's my same yeah. ears, same setup same speakers everything that's interesting it's hard to say because yeah. it's like i didn't make that song in logic so i can't yeah. i can't <laughs> yeah. really compare but it just seems to be a running trend the songs that i've had mastered for the ep versus the ones that made in logic they're always having to bring the brightness down on the That's ones that so i don't know what it is something about the way it's kind of processes high end versus low end i don't know we're getting into the yeah. technical no, nitty-gritty no. Oh, got mean, any scientific facts <laughs> what kind of what kind of podcast is this so we going down the, the gear the gear route now yeah i do know that pro tools is apparently the truest but that doesn't mean it's the most exciting that sounds like it was uh written it's, by it's a pro the tools, oldest, a pro right? tools yeah. user yeah yeah but but it's the oldest right so it's not very like it's not exciting but Mm -hmm. i guess it's why it's better for band recording yeah for sure audio i think pure recording i think that like if you make electronic music and you use a lot of midi and especially cv like control voltage for interfacing with modular again one of the reasons i love ableton is because you can do that so easily like there's programs that run within Ableton and if you have the right sort of sound card you can send out all the control signals you need to interface with modular you can't do that in any other DAW as far as I'm concerned so they're like ahead of the game with that but then yeah for audio again if you're doing massive multi-track recordings I've been in scenarios in studio where of course like Pro Tools is the only option for that so they've all got that I mean Ableton don't want you to record like that that's not what they're market is no exactly and they shouldn't they shouldn't they're the leaders right now i'd say you know of modern music like everyone's it's more of like a manipulating tool right Mm -hmm. whereas logic's like get loads of soft synth midi tool Mm -hmm. ableton's more like a twist and bend i know you can do that in logic but i think it's i think that's what they design yeah that's what they're marketing as they um some of the audio processing stuff that Ableton can do in terms of like time stretching or pitching or like shaping transients is like so much better than anything you can do in Logic or any plugin. Sometimes I'll go into Ableton just to like get that specific yeah. effect that I want that on the like time stretching or whatever, just do it to that one sample, that one track, and then like bring it back into Logic and keep working just because, yeah, they're, they're massively ahead when it comes to stuff like that for sure. It seems like once again, it's like the producer, you, you, you have to be able to use every yeah, DAW now. It, it, it's exactly. <laughs> no, that's so, the yeah. reason I did it, man. It was like a bunch of other producers and friends that I work with working in Ableton and then like I kind of feel left out on the session when, <laughs> B, 
because it's like they're all like hyped on like doing this and that and I'm just like cool <laughs> you know it's like being around people speaking a different language almost I'm like okay I need to I need to know what's going on here with Ableton I probably need to do that with Pro Tools now as well because nah, I, I would I would crumble. You can always have a Pro Tools engineer. I would crumble Fine. if I had to run a don't session. Don't take on my Pro job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got one other thing to talk about, and that is NFTs. Oh yeah, because you've taken the dive early on. You've well, gone for it. You've made a collection, right? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Have I sold any? Obviously not. No. But um, it was just something I was just super curious about. I was like. Uh, you know, I've I've been curious about the crypto world for a long time and I've like tried to make my little investments or whatever. And it's it's just one of those things that I think I don't want to be that person that like falls behind on tech. Like I, you look at your parents trying to use Facebook or whatever and you're like, <laughs> and you, yeah, have to, uh, you have to, no, you need your, I, your iCloud ad- <laughs> password for, to log in. You know, it's like, yeah. And it's just, I don't want to be that person in my life at least yet anyway. So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I totally I, when, when a new technology is being spoken about and like coming into the public awareness, I'm just curious. And that's all it is. And it's like, I was just interested to sort of know what it was all about. And I figured the best way would to just be like, you know, for a, quite a while, I was like trying to talk to a few people that knew about it a bit. And I was like, oh, I make ambient music. Do you want to make an NFT? You know, like trying to get someone to sort of show me what it was all about. But like, it's so fresh and new that there wasn't really anyone that wasn't already doing it that was sort of willing to. So I just thought, screw it, I'm going to just work it out for myself. And it wasn't difficult. And I don't really know what it means, but it's like just having done it taught me a lot about what it's all about and what the crypto art world is about and just understood a bit better about how certain Web3 things work. It's just interesting to do. And it was fun sort of creative project as well. It was like a new format that you know that i'd never done like an audio visual thing that's only like 10 seconds long it's like it was just kind of a fun new thing to create so what is to anyone listening this is a test how (laughs) would you describe what an nft is uh or what is your understanding at this point of what an nft is well an nft i guess is a it's proof of ownership of a digital asset so you might have the one and only Jimi Hendrix guitar from Woodstock 1969 and like you have the actual item in your hands. But I guess with NFTs, it's about ownership of digital property. So this exists as a one and only entity on the blockchain and its uniqueness is coded within it. So it can be verified and it can be proven, but the NFT is proof that you own that digital asset. So that might be a piece of art, it might be a piece of music. There's, I know that there's companies um, that are getting involved with that, like creating NFTs for individual pieces of music that may be like, you know, imagine if you were a Coldplay fan and you could have the one and only sole ownership of a special release from Coldplay, like the kind of hype that that could create you know in the world and like other people it's the thing like other people might be able to listen to it as well but like people love that collector's itemness of things yeah you know like oh yeah i've got a copy of dark side of the moon someone's like yeah but i've got the original test pressing copy it's like another it's just it's just uh to assign value to an asset like anything but 
it exists only in the digital domain and maybe it's a one of a kind thing maybe it's limited to only 10 like i just randomly did a collection of there's only 11 of each one so like one day you know if modern modern life pops off and it becomes like a real hyped thing to own a collector's item i just thought it'd be cool that there's only 11 of them that exist out there in the yeah. cyber space i think it's really interesting with um games they're using them a lot with like online games you know everyone mm-hmm. wants to be that person that owns that like one amazing item in the game or something and it's sort of like creating this marketplace even outside the game where you can have proof of ownership of this item that then because you can prove that you own it then you can have it in the game or whatever i think there's an infinite amount of uses for it and we it's only just the tip of the iceberg really that yeah i think it's interesting because the world has such a limited understanding of it so mm-hmm. you've got people jumping on it really quick and it's going to evolve but i think what you said is really interesting gaming is basically like the leading form of art really yeah so maybe it's a way of for musicians or artists bridging the gap and entering a world where they can sort of have their own game world in which they trade off like their own little assets which they've made yeah the possibilities are infinite but it's getting your head around it is it's is challenging it at is this point for sure i think the one thing that i think is really appealing especially in the music industry is that it allows the interface directly between fan and creator or like buyer and creator there's no mm-hmm. third party that has to exist in order to like facilitate things like you know at least in the crypto world like i can pay you directly for something and there's no bank that has to like take their fees or it has to go through them or it has to hold them but it can still be done in a completely secure way because the network itself is what verifies the transaction and makes sure that it's legit and there's proof of it and everything so i think it will open up a lot of doors to allow creators to profit from what they're doing in a way that there's no third party that's sort of like profiting from someone else's creativity. Like when they work out a system for music streaming to exist on the blockchain, so there's no, you know, yeah. there's no third party hosting it necessarily. It's just like you can access this. I'm not sure exactly how this would work, but you can access the songs without there having to be like a central place where they're kept, like Spotify or Apple or whatever. Yeah. Then it's going to you know it'd be revolutionary if, if it could go that way like there's a lot of spotify backlash at the moment that i've been seeing. oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> i know and it's it's actually scary because people put their whole careers in the hands of these ceos at these companies and watching the backlash is really scary i find because whether you're spending however much money on facebook ads pushing ads only to spotify if that platform gets diluted and you know eradicated because all the backlash like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've got nothing at the end of it it's crazy it's yeah it is crazy it's like there's a plenty of artists out there that stream incredible numbers but then wouldn't really sell many tickets or like don't have fans don't sell many physical copies and i think something that freaks me out is is the playlist culture and it's i see it from time to time with people that i work with and it's like your sort of springboard of your career is almost determined by whether you can land music on these really popular playlists because they make your numbers go up and then like maybe labels are taking you more seriously because that's the sort of things that they care about. So it's almost like people 
are making decisions on their creativity in light of will it get placed on this playlist. And if I'm doing something that's maybe doesn't fit with that vibe, then I'm probably not going to get on the playlist. So my music is not going to get much showcasing. Yeah, it's changed and the it, whole... It's changed yeah. the way that people are even creating. And, and I think it's homogenizing the sound of modern music to a degree because... Yeah, 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 I Because agree with that. without that support, it's so hard to sort of like get noticed as a artist, especially where it's now more than ever when it's like you can barely go on tour or there's not really any other place to... Radio doesn't hold the same sort of value that it used to like getting played on the radio is not necessarily what's gonna kickstart your career but if you are the first track on new music friday like a couple of times all of a sudden you're an artist that millions of people just are familiar with because when they go on that playlist that all these people go on you're right there every time and it's like there's a handful of people that are controlling these playlists and so it's like every artist in the world basically like a massive part of their career just you know in the palm of their hands and it's up it's to too them much whether. responsibility for a handful of people it's really it's, it's crazy it's it's really not a good system it's difficult because I, I don't know enough about music streaming and technology to suggest a better system but i know yeah. that it's not fair it's not right at, at the way that it is at the moment and i hope that this backlash continues and something significant does change because there's enough issues in the music industry like at least at least artists have got to be getting getting a bit more pay for their songs being played. It's so much entertainment. It's like the fact that they made it free to start with, I think, was the big issue. Because imagine, you know, you can't then make something that was free paid for. It's like Netflix was never free. And it's like nobody grumbles at paying $9.99 a month for their Netflix or whatever. So... That's yeah, I, th- I think it's it's all comes back to the strongest thing you can do is make human connection. That's why touring is still yeah. so valuable because when all these things go, if you have human connection where you've actually experienced something with someone, mm-hmm. they might move with the change in platform. Mm-hmm. But if you're only just following a playlist, you probably can't even remember the name of the artist. You go, I just like that song because there's no tangible mm-hmm. connection to the person is it, it will change and like people will lose out for it but yeah the smart ones are the ones putting effort on still treating people like people but it's getting harder because we're heading in a more ai you know kind of world so mm-hmm. like it's only mm-hmm. going to get harder but yeah yeah anyone who can maintain those human connections is it's going to stand the test of time. Or email lists, because they're still around. They're still a um, thing, like mailing yeah. lists, yeah. <laughs> Direct from artist to fan. It's yeah, a, exactly. It's a good way of doing it. And I mean, I, huge respect to anyone that like can put that effort into social media and be genuine, because oh, yeah, I know you've talked about it on previous episodes as well, like how difficult it is to do that. Like, you know, it's definitely the worst part about having my own project is having to do stuff on social media, because it's like... Mm. I feel like I look at my phone enough even just yeah, to stay yeah. in contact with the people that I want to stay in contact with. And it's like the world of turning artists into content creators, and there's lots to be said about that, but maybe we don't want to get into that now. It's like, again, it's a move away from, I think, what making music should truly be about. And it's yeah, sort of it's like true. it's adding a whole other realm of something into it that just 
I don't know, it just doesn't need to be there. And for a lot of artists, it becomes almost more what they're about than even the music. People are a fan of the person and the, the music is something that they do. I also think, like, how crazy is it that to be an artist or whatever you want to call yourself, you have to be... If you had to be this good at this many things in a normal job... You'd be on <laughs> hundred to five hundred thousand pounds a year, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah well, yeah. you think about the amount of things we've spoke about. Yeah, like the amount of things that all three of us are good at. That you, it would be an insane job, and you get paid an insane amount of money. It'd be so valuable to that company. Whereas I, Spotify decides to pay us a third of a penny. And I have a hard time valuing myself when I'm pricing stuff up, like. <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole cycle because I understand the artist's point of view. So I'm always like, oh, they've got no return on investment on this. Like, yeah. like this song, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you're not yeah. getting anything out of this, but I shouldn't be thinking like that. But anyway, let's wrap this up because we've gone pretty long. But thank you so much, Frank, for joining us. Like, mate, thanks very much, mate. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me, guys. It was really nice to chat to you. I love the podcast. Love what you guys are doing. Uh, looking forward to you guys continuing doing more stuff. I think it's a really like just nice, positive thing that you're doing just to, to create conversations around stuff that's going on in music. I, I really enjoy listening to it. So thanks for asking me to join you. Thank you very much. And on that note, where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> Where's all this content you've been creating, Frank? Come on. <laughs> well, there is... Um, Instagram, Modern Modern Life, that's my music project. Instagram, Frank Colucci, that's me as a person doing things, taking pictures of things that I think are funny or interesting and posting about the stuff that I've produced. And, yeah, like links to everything else that's relevant is in the bios of, of those things. <laughs> Love it. Link in bio, link in bio. Yeah, link in bio, man. All yeah, right, yeah. lastly, before we go, if you had to give your younger self a piece of advice what would mm -hmm. you say to that person um i would say just like do what makes you happy and be grateful to do it i think that's it you know we were just saying about all the things that we have to do to if you know for our jobs that if we were in another job we would uh be getting paid loads. If we were in another job, we wouldn't have time to do all the things that we get to do. So I, th I feel very lucky to be able to, you know, spend a week just like thinking about how do you make NFTs or like, and you know, <laughs> it's a luxury to me just to be able to like explore those things and not have any responsibility to someone else that I have to be clocking in on time and, you know, those sorts of things. So I think to be brave enough to sort of just persist and have a life doing something creative is you know something that i'll always be pleased that i did proud that i did so i would say to my younger self like just yeah make sure you just keep doing that and like don't give up don't be afraid because times will be hard but times will be good as well <laughs> i love it all right man thanks very much Sweet. thanks guys. take it easy nice chatting with you Cheers, thank mate. you thanks buddy bye bye If you like what you've heard today please hit the follow or subscribe button to be notified about future episodes you can massively help us out by leaving a review and sharing with your friends and family is also a beautiful way to help us grow 
As always, we'd love to hear from you, so don't be a stranger. We want to build a community and we want you to be a part of it. Until the next one, stay good.